0: This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show, the award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. The Norris Group proudly presents our 15th annual award-winning event, I Survived Real Estate. Industry experts join Bruce Norris to discuss evolving industry trends, real estate bubbles, inflation, and opportunities emerging for real estate professionals. All proceeds from the event benefit Make-A-Wish and St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. See isurviverealestate.com for event details, information on all our generous sponsors, and to connect with our speakers. We want to thank our Platinum Partners. San Diego Creative Investors Association, U-Direct IRA Services, White Feather Investments, The Collective Genius, MVT Productions, and Realty 411.
1: So what happens to sales volume, do you think, um, with this in place, the interest rates that are higher and everybody... Having um, kind of a great rate that they if they have loans. So what do you think happens to sales volume? I'm just curious. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: good.
2: I think that the lock-in effect is is very real that you were talking about. Um, unless someone has to sell because of you know death, divorce, change of job, loss of job, they're going to be very incentivized to not sell. And like you said, even rent. So um, we have. By the first quarter and into the second quarter of of next year, we have um, home sales, existing home sales down 40 percent from the peak, and uh, new home sales down 49 percent. And like I said, that's we did that forecast with mortgage rates in the mid sixes.
1: No, I'm sorry. Where was that located? What, you, the, the, the statistics that you just mentioned. Oh, sure,
2: sorry. So our forecast for existing home sales... Forecast, okay, yeah, not forecast that it's happened for existing yet. existing home sales is that by Q2 of next year, we'll, we'll be down 40% right. from the peak that we saw. Below, year. below
4: 4 million sales a year.
2: So, so we go down to 3.8 million... Sales, sales volume. Sales volume. And so, then...
3: One thing to keep in mind, though, is like 2020 and 2021 were pretty huge anomalies, right? So, like in 2022, we're going to be down a lot year over year. But compared to 2019, even though sales volumes are down, the prices were so much higher. Total commission dollars, for those in the room worried about that, are going to be 34% higher than 2019, right? So that's not a bad year in 2022 from a, a commission's dollar standpoint. So you know, until prices, even if volume come way down, until prices come down too, right? Historically, we're gonna have still not an all bad market to be in this, to be a realtor.
1: What, what percentage of sales is cash? I'm just curious, in, in the existing home market and then in the new home
4: market? You know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but it's a growing percentage. Yeah. So, I, um, and it's more significant, particularly in Florida. I mean, not, the people are moving from the Northeast and buying with all cash in Florida. And so the example you gave, we're seeing a lot of that. In fact, I've been really, and I happen to have a sister-in-law who's a real estate agent in Orlando, and she's still busy with all cash buyers, people moving from somewhere else. This mortgage rate thing really doesn't matter to them. I mean, they're, they're selling a house for more than they're buying their current one, and it's all cash. I don't know what the percentage is.
3: trillion in home equity right now. At the bottom of the market, it was six and a half. In 2006, at the last peak, it was 10 trillion. So it's three times as much home equity as we had at the end of 2006. If you look at the total $41 trillion in home value, right, you know, that's 70% equity overall we have as society in U.S. households. You know, that's typically been around 50%. It's a lot of cash. And that's, that's where, again, that, that could come down as prices come down, right? That some of that is, theor- you know, is uh, you know, mythical, right? Because prices shouldn't be this high, right? So, right? But even if you take some pretty big chunks out of home values... You know, home values down 20% is $8 trillion. That's still $21 trillion of home equity. That's still double 2006. Like, American consumer that owns houses right now is very wealthy. And this is where I think we, we overestimate maybe how bad the economy is. And that's become more of a political talking point than a, a reality that we're in much better shape than we've been at least in the
4: home side uh, ever.
1: We we hate to see our stuff go down though. That's doesn't
4: feel good. <laughs> so 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 if I gave you a thousand dollars and asked for a hundred back, you'd be pissed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's kind of what that's, that's, that's exactly where we, happen, where we are. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly where
1: so, we are. No, I I totally agree with that. The stuff we're building, you know, when we sell it, you're just going okay. That's just nuts. So, uh, we've, everything we've sold this year has uh, had that moment where you go, we were thinking we were gonna get 600 and a quarter for this and we got 850. So yeah, if you only got 680, you still would be like, okay, we started with that profit in mind and that was a good idea. So, there's been a lot of bonus chips, that's for sure. That is for sure.
3: Well, but, what we probably won't see is continuing to see our personal wealth just grow, you know magically the way it has been the last handful of years. Yeah. And even if some of it goes away though, as society, we're in pretty good shape.
1: Okay.
2: I think the migration story that lurks in some of the comments is interesting. Um, people moving from New York metro area to the Carolinas and Florida, right? And given house price differences, yes, you can sell a very nice middle-class home pay off what's left of your mortgage because you retire and move to Florida and buy something. You've also seen people moving out of the Bay Area into the rest of California, into other parts of the country. Um, but then the question is what happens to home prices in those high-cost areas where where people are leaving from if you don't have the employment growth in those areas, and they are somewhat stock market and interest rate sensitive.
1: How How is California doing as far as I think migration is leaving consistently. I'm just curious, is that, is that part of uh, the issue? If you, try, if you price out a U-Haul, let's say, going from San Jose to, to uh, Austin, it's not very favorable? You
4: yeah. know, yeah, we'll go. No, go ahead. No, please. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while, but last time I looked, it was, um, I think it was $1,000 more to take a truck to California than to take it out. Um, or the other way around, I guess. I guess. Just a 1000 Yeah, thousand. Yeah. Like, it was basically like $1,000 to take a truck to Phoenix and $100 to take the same truck back. Yeah, Because they're basically paying somebody, would you please take it back to California so I can Reuse get a sucker it. to pay me $1,000 to drive to Phoenix. You know, for, we, we were doing that for a while to track migration, because right. the migration data is so bad. For some reason, it's, it's not making sense anymore. So we stopped tracking it. OK. But um, Cal- California's population is declining. And I, I think we need to think of California as more like the Northeast and the Midwest uh, because that's what it's starting to look like.
1: And the, the demographic book that you wrote it really is, was predicting a lot of growth in the, not just the Florida region yeah. but down there. That's all pretty come true.
4: Well, it's, it's really easy to do a demographic forecast because I know I'm going to be a year older next year. And so it was, it, that, that's, exa- that's all it was, run the math. Um, there's one demographic stat I love that nobody's talking about. Um, n- for decades, all that's, you were showing all that growth and all those existing home sales. We were having 4 million people per year, per year graduate from school and enter the labor force, and 2 million people per year retire. Next year, 4.2 million people turn 20, and 4.2 million people turn 65. Mm. So where is the demographic growth going to come from unless we open up the borders? It's not. And actually, I think that was the Fed's big miss. I think our 2 to 3% GDP growth is unrealistic when you're not growing the number of people who can work. So we're not quite Japan, but we're—I we're, mean—that's that, our—that's our demographics now. And frankly, you don't need that many houses when you're not adding more people with jobs. And that was—that was some of the big myths on some of the uh, the undersupply numbers, where people are coming up with oh, we're five to six million homes undersupplied. They were ignoring what the demographics. They were just saying, well, we used to build this, and now we're building this, so we've undersupplied. We don't—we don't need as many homes anymore because we're just not growing the number of adults.
3: Have we you, also haven't been
4: building as many, so... No. We, we haven't been building, yeah. And we, we, st- we still think we're undersupplied but by a million seven, but as, as he said earlier, we've priced those people out. Right. So just well, that, that undersupply is a nice cushion to have it. We were oversupplied in the last cycle. Once prices and rents could correct, there is going to be demand there, but we need to get prices and rents to a place where people can afford to form a household.
2: Yeah, I think the I'm so glad we've gotten the household formation because in supply. I think in the discussion of these issues, sometimes people confuse the cycle, which is the number of homes that are available for sale or rent at a particular point. And currently, we have three months of homes available existing, so that's why home prices in in the existing market haven't dropped as fast as one might think they might. Um, But the second question is, are we as a country? Short a certain number of housing units in our stock, not in the flow. That is an estimate that's very sensitive to what you use as the yardstick for what you think a balanced market is or what you think you wish home prices or rents were. So those are very different exercises, and it's good to keep the the two separate.
1: What do you think? What do you guys think of the odds of having a lot of foreclosures this cycle?
3: Very low. Very low. I would love to say different and, uh, you know, actually re,
4: reinvested <laughs> a bit. There's a, real, there's a real vulture for you right there.
3: <laughs> Jeez,
4: you wanna... uh, To
3: say I did well during the foreclosure crisis, right? Would be, uh, um, so, uh, you know, during the uh, downturn, actually reinvested a bit in my uh, foreclosure business, expanded into new states and all the rest. You know, I thought we'd uh, see by now things. Uh, you know, I was expecting we would see some distress through the pandemic and the rest that was held off in the moratoriums right. start to pop through. Right. And I wasn't no 2008. And you know, I, if you've listened to me at all, I've said we're not going to see that again. Regulatory changes, lots of reasons, we're not going to see that again. But I did see, think we'd get back to you know, uh, pre-pandemic levels, and then probably see a pop from all the stuff that just got held up to maybe be double pre-pandemic levels, which is still, you know, uh hundred percent of nothing is still nothing. It's still small, but um, I thought it'd be enough to be interesting. And we're still below pre-pandemic levels. So that really hasn't uh, materialized uh, at all. And I think that comes back to that $29 trillion of equity, right? Even the folks that got into some trouble through the pandemic, their home price went up enough That's that they right. have options. And so, you know, the degree to which prices have gone up and even if they come down, right, it, it rescued those folks. And uh, so I think foreclosures are gonna stay low and I threw uh, some good money after bad expanding my uh, foreclosure business.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I uh... I think another aspect of this, why I agree, is that the toolkit that lenders have is very different than what they had in the great financial crisis, so if you look at the pandemic, the pandemic response in terms of um, offering options to borrowers was just uh, much better managed than during the great financial crisis. And, and while foreclosure may create a good investment opportunity, it is uh, a very costly outcome for the lender and the borrower. So if you can keep communicating and you can somehow rework the loan, that's better for both the, the credit holder and the homeowner in general, um, just like we do in commercial real estate, right? Where we, we you know extend, we do this, we do that. So I think the suite and, and the policy toolkit is, is very different than it was in 08.
1: Why, why wasn't that in the playbook in 2008?
2: I think that um, there, was, there was a couple of things that were going on then was that uh, the source of capital was very different, so PLS, the private label securities were a much bigger part of the market that's where you had a lot of the initial distress right you remember the option arms and pick your pay and, and you know 228s uh, and all the other things um, so the servicing of that was not as standardized uh, and then we you know frankly the GSEs and FHA and VA we learned something from the crisis right and, and, and hopefully we've learned to manage the servicing better.
4: I'm gonna ask, can I ask you a question on foreclosures? Yeah. So the foreclosures I think about are what I'll, uh, what's gonna happen to all the speculators? Probably a few of whom are in the room who have f- been flipping homes, or um, I had the most amazing stat yesterday from the <coughs> CEO of Bigger Pockets, who has 2 million followers, mostly, it seems like really young people that have never done this before, but they, they pull um, people uh, at the end of every year. At the end of 2020, their clientele said, how many of you are interested in short-term rentals, Airbnbs? Five percent. The end of last year was 35 percent. And we've seen an absolute, we track investor activity, but we can't tell exactly what they're doing with it. We have saw an explosion in investors in the last 18 months an explosion. So the question I have is, how are those people financed? I, and I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, okay, private money, I, know, I do know that. It's not fan, It's not Fannie Mae, I hope. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and some of that private money is clients of mine. One of them is the CEO just lost her job. So I, I do know that things are, are starting to hit the fan in the private lender market, but did was there so were they lending a ninety percent loan to adjusted realizable value or sixty five percent?
1: No, it's more aggressive than sixty-five. Okay. Yeah. But I would say it was not anywhere close to what you said, but I would say eighty was certainly attainable. Okay. Yeah, and it's,
4: you know. So that- with, with um, flip, Fix and Flap, with 10% cost overruns, maybe they've got a 10% cushion there to get out whole.
1: Yeah, that's not yeah. a cushion. Yeah, they're
4: going to take back some profit. So maybe, maybe your foreclosure business, maybe your clientele <laughs> will be in the room today. I said the other way around. No. OK, all right. Well, I, I know this is a group that finances differently. So, um, But I'd, I'd love to get more color on that. And we do have it by market. It's not in California. Charlotte, North Carolina is freaking out of control. Austin, Texas, unbelievably out of control. Uh, I think 41% of the volume, sales volume in Phoenix last year was purchased by somebody whose property tax bill was going to a different zip code. Where are prices falling in the fast right now? Phoenix Boise. Same same story in Boise.
1: Okay. Um What's the chart that you look at and go okay that's that creates price hits is there, is there a chart that'll create a price hit so is it is it foreclosures unemployment i'm just curious what what chart you look at and go okay that's that's going to be a negative for price
3: I mean I, right now I mean the most interesting one to watch to me is inventory right so and and also you know percentage of properties with uh, with price cuts and you know both those things are going up but by historical standards they're not um, they're not terrible right so we went from two months of inventory you know a year ago or three months now yeah. kind of nationally right so it's it's not super scary yet that's certainly the one to watch because we'll need that to come up higher before I think we see much I mean, we're seeing some already, like John said, and it's easy for some folks, you know, look, if you bought four or five years ago and you want to move and you got to give up a little bit, you know, to to be ahead of the market, you know, one of the things I got rid of my last handful of houses in 2006 and prices were coming down and um, I found that it, it helped a lot for those of you in the room, right? Be ahead of it. Don't follow it. Right, so wherever you think that price should be, go 10K lower or whatever, and be ahead of it, and you probably sell, and you will probably get out just fine. If you follow it the whole way down, you're going to end up in, in uh, you know trouble. I think we're going to be going down for a little while.
1: Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean that what I went just you know that display uh, that I showed those are big hits mathematically being prevented by a lot of unique uh, other things that we haven't had, like all these low interest rate loans in place. Right. If you have enough high unemployment, I mean, maybe a lot of those people have to go somewhere.
3: Yeah, I mean, the other thing, though, is we have high inflation. Yes, but we also have wage inflation going on, and everything kind of price coming up. So even if real estate sits flat, like if you look over the long term, right? Anybody bought in two thousand six? That looked like a terrible thing. Does it look terrible? Do no. those prices look terrible today? You know, so time kind of heals all, all wounds too. And, uh, you know, so that's, I think that's kind of the more interesting question is like, so we're gonna see some price declines. The question is how deep and how long, right? And then what brings us back out and creates the next, the next thing, right? So that's to where to be looking. Now, And if, if you need to be out of your thing, right, you're, you're not planning, you can't hold for 10 years or five years or whatever, then get out sooner than later. But otherwise, you know, time will heal all wounds. And if you can rent it for more than your payment, who cares what the price does?
0: We'd also like to thank our gold sponsors. Chase Leland Photography, Inland Valley Association of Realtors, Keystone CPA Inc., LA South RIA, Lavis Tax Wealth Management, NorCal RIA, NSDREI, Pasadena, Phoebe, Tony Alvarez, White House Catering, Wilson Investments, Windermere Tower Realty. See iSurvivedRealEstate.com for event details, information on all our generous supporters, and to connect with our speakers. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com.
2: The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to the Norris Group.com and